And we are back with another Black Window Cream podcast, new episode every single Wednesday and Sunday. I'm your host, Ben Haggerty, a.k.a. Ben Real Verse World. And today's guest, ladies and gentlemen, Travis Borsma, the CEO of Dutch Bros Coffee. You know about Dutch Bros Coffee by now if you've been listening to the Black Window Cream podcast because we just did three amazing contests with that company for the Black Window Cream community. Winners got to fly all over the United States, go to festivals, shoot concerts, shoot for a major coffee brand. Dutch Bros is one of the biggest privately owned coffee brands uh, in the United States. And Travis is the one who co-started this shit, which is crazy. He co-founded this company in 1992, man. Like This guy's been an undercover boss. He's full of wisdom. He's been in the game for a long time. He started this company with a fucking push cart, all right? Like he was pushing a cart with some coffee on it, selling it to individual people one by one by one. And that shit grew into the point where every every month they give away a million cups of coffee now. It went from a push cart to having over 300 stores in like only seven states. They're not even in the full US yet. They're just in seven states. They already have 300 some stores. Their, op- their plan is to open up 800 stores soon within the next few years. They're conquering the world. They have over like 9,000, 10,000 employees, something like that. It's cr- I'm so excited to share this. This guy's got so much wisdom, like I said. Um, it's just gem after gem after gem. We had about an hour to record this interview. We did it up in Portland. I went to the Coachy uh, event. You can see the whole experience on our YouTube channel. We did a whole like two-part vlog series. So definitely check that out. But I got to go Coacha, which is their internal event for their employees. And this shit blew my motherfucking mind. Not only did I get to interview Travis, but I got to experience what it's like for um, the Dutch, like Dutch Bros internal culture. Like I got to see their the way that they care about their their employees and to see how much they try to amp them up and give them opportunities to grow within the company and inspire the shit out of me. I was really excited to be a part of it. And uh, yeah, I'm just excited, man. This is probably the coolest... He's the fucking CEO of a massive company. We never talked to no CEOs like that on the podcast. Everybody, you know what I'm talking about. Like, this is this is a dope little step. And shout out to Dutch Bros. They're just giving mad opportunities to Black Window Cream. I'm excited to see what we do into 2020. Um, big things are coming. I'm about to head out to Las Vegas to go to the Life is Beautiful Festival. We're gonna I'm gonna meet the third place or the first place contest winner of our third contest. Uh, they're getting flown out to Life is Beautiful Festival to shoot content for Dutch Bros and get paid for it, just like all the other winners. So that's pretty pretty fucking amazing and uh shout out to dutch bros for going ham on all this shit so if uh they gave me a code so if you want to get 20 percent off dutch bros if you like the coffee if you want to get some of these mugs and all the all the gear that they have you can do that uh just bwnc20 at checkout check it out at shop.dutchbros.com they also have a new app which is pretty fire and uh yeah i'm i'm pumped i just feel like we should just get into this shit right now it's short and sweet i had literally an hour uh and they built like a really cool backdrop and it has black window cream logo a dutch bros logo um man this shit was such a fucking you'll see it in the vlog and in, in, in this episode you'll understand it so definitely digest all that content enjoy it leave us comments let us know what you think about this shit would love to hear some takeaways from you guys if you're new to black window cream this is a private community for creators of all kinds if you create content and you want to be a part of something where you can share your work see other people share their work ask for feedback tips and tricks all that shit that's what we do so bwnc.com slash join you can get in there it's a free group um yeah and also want to shout out our patreon members they got to ask questions at the end of this episode so if you want to do that you can do that on patreon.com slash black window cream you can also get all kinds of other perks like our discord the how to charge a client guide all all kinds of dope shit so um definitely check that shit out and let's just jump into this episode how about that this guy also wears sunglasses just chilling straight chilling with his sunglasses and i was like well damn if you're gonna wear sunglasses i'm gonna wear sunglasses because fuck it so first time wearing sunglasses on podcast feeling pretty good about it 
All right, cool. Thank you guys for listening. New episode every single Wednesday and Sunday. Let's get into this episode right motherfucking now. Attention. If you stop this podcast recording at any time, you will die. I don't want to die. Do you want to live? Yeah. You have 24 hours to share this podcast with five people or you will die. I'm kidding. You won't die. You're just weak shit for not sharing. And the winner of the best motherfucking podcast goes to... Goes to... Black with no cream. What do you think? It's so fucking dumb and so fucking Ben Haggerty. I knew you would say that. And we're back with another Black with No Cream podcast. New episode every single Wednesday and Sunday. I'm your host, Ben Haggerty, a.k.a. Ben Real Verse World. Um, not the normal backdrop that you would see on a Black with No Cream podcast, but today it says Black with No Cream x Dutch Bros. And today I'm sitting across from a legend, Travis, the CEO of Dutch Bros Coffee. How you doing, man? Better than I deserve, bro. You think so? Yeah. You listen, you listen to Dave Ramsey? You know, I, let's put it this way. I've listened to a lot of the Entree Leadership podcasts. Yeah. Um... Just leave it there. <laughs> We've been on a kick. We 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 quote him all day, every day. Someone just photoshopped me sitting next to him and said that it needs to happen on the podcast. Could happen someday. I'll tell you what, man. There are so many unbelievable minds in this world, and there's so much to learn from each other. and And I think that that Entree Leadership podcast is it's one of those vehicles because you know, it's like little trailers for movies that you watch it's preludes to books and absolutely great information you know i'm always paying for gold man right we've been i've been like pretty much exposing dutch bros to my audience for the past several months almost because we've been running contests i told you about the contest we've been doing you guys know and uh just last week i was at uh was it last week sacramento or uh, sacramento for cocha yeah sacramento. this is my first time seeing what it is that is dutch bros like that i've been told you guys see you know everyone goes crazy there's a there's a whole different morale around dutch bros employees and it blew my mind yeah but what was really cool and we can talk about that more later was you taught you were telling them you were giving them so much advice when you spoke i thought your keynote was so cool and i think you went way over your time because you were just spilling gems (laughs) left and right but you taught you told them about dave ramsey and there's i'm looking at some of these kids and they're like 17 18 i don't know what how old you have to be to start at dutch bros but they're young and i'm like i wish i would have heard about things like this financial savings and investment things like you know how important is that to you with your employees you know what man it's it's so important you know i think in today's world, you'd think we'd learn more about finance in school, um, but we don't. Yeah. And I think uh, the thing that Dave is absolutely brilliant at in his space is his program with Financial Peace University. So, you know, a lot of value with his program. There certainly are a lot of other ways to do it, but he's got a nice system that really makes some sense. And And if you're young and ambitious and you want to figure out a way to to be frugal with money and be a good steward with money and let it be a resource and a tool for you, that program is is kick-ass. Absolutely. I just yeah. love that you had an opportunity to tell like 3,000 people about it in a 30-second spiel. You know yeah. what I mean? And yeah, it yeah. just opens up your door for a lot of change. But Well, you know, one of my favorite things is to challenge our audience, and, I'm, I, you know, and I'll do it tomorrow yeah. if I can remember. I'll be like, you know, so how many people in the audience think that money is the root of all evil? Mm. And uh, you always have some people raise their hands, you know. And then I just straight up, you know, give it right back. It's like, listen, it's total bullshit. It's the love of money that Mm. is the root of all evil. And that's a totally different deal. Right. You know, but money is a great resource. It is a great tool. And when used wisely, can make major impact in our lives 
and, and can make major differences with all sorts of different causes. Right. I tell people that I've been collaborating with a coffee brand and that we've been doing this contest where we're flying, you know, creators out to things like Coach and Life is Beautiful Festival and we're giving all of them an opportunity to showcase their work. And no one really understands it because they think I'm talking about the local coffee shop. And then when I try <laughs> to explain to them that Dutch Bros is this massive, massive company, it, what you're talking about is you're giving so many employees. Like, I didn't understand how massive what you guys are building is already. Yeah, yeah. And it's been over the span of how long? 30 years or something? Yeah, 27. 27 yeah. years? Yeah. And it's huge. It's huge. From what I know, everyone knows how you started. If you listen to any other podcast, I'm not, you started from the ground up. And, yeah, yeah. and it's amazing to see what, it, what change you've, you've made over the course of 20-some years. How do you feel like you put the pressure on yourself to create the way you did to build a brand that you've built today? You know, um, it's funny that, that you know, some people's perception is that we're huge or whatever. But in, for me, with where I sit, it still feels small, hmm. you know, and, and, uh, it's very intimate to me. It's, it's personal. And, and I think that, you know, people come for the coffee, they come for rebel, they come for smoothies and teas and different products that we carry. They come back for the people, you know, and I think that the culture that we have is our differentiator. And I think, you know, being in the relationship business, yeah. that's, that's really the platform. It's not, yes, you know, beverages are, are a medium, um, for spreading Dutch love, as we would call it, you know, but we're in the relationship business. The product is love and it's, it's doing the right thing. It's caring about people as a whole. It's, it's the, it's the whole humanitarian side of things and, and really trying to make a difference in community, man. Hmm. When you were talking, I, I think you kind of paralleled with this idea. I had a friend that told me, um, it's all about one person and you were talking to your I think, so Kocha, if I'm misunderstanding this, it's new employees, right? Fairly new employees that are coming? Yeah, but, you know, we do have a mixed bag. I mean, we have a lot of leaders here that, that are bringing people that have never really been to a Kocha before or, or, you know, a lot of the new hires predominantly that have been with the company less than six months. But, you know, we've got people that have been with the organization four, five, mm. ten years, and some of them, man, a long period of time, you right. know, that are, that are really big servant leaders. Oh, geez. Yeah, they. You said something to them that uh, you were talking about. People drive up, and you, some people may take their time and want to ask every single question <laughs> in the the book. Yeah. But it's all about how you affect their day and how they'll carry the word on, which was important because from a marketing standpoint, it's that person's going to tell ten people about their experience, and if they may take their sweet ass time and talk forever, it gets annoying. But if you take your time and deal with it, it could go a long way. Yeah. How important is it to be that one person for someone else? Well, you know, I think more today than ever before, people are lonely, mm. you know, and we're so encapsulated with, with our devices and, and in our own world. And, you know, we may have only a 45 second exchange, yeah. but if you can leave with a smile, then I made an impact in your day in a positive way. And I think that as broistas, company-wide, that's the lion's share of our responsibility is to make sure that we're spreading positive vibes and that we're lifting people up and, and we're there to, to just be a little ray of sunshine and, and, you know, the magic is in the details, you know, so if, if you're able to connect with these people, you know, oftentimes they're coming in every day, sometimes multiple times a day. 
So you end up learning their names, knowing their drinks, giving their dog a bone, whatever they may, you know, whoever they may be, you learn some, some things about them. And, and we've got a diverse culture. You know, we have all walks come through. Yeah. You know, and so I think, uh, I think in so many ways, that's, that's some of the magic. You know, it's some of the greatest reward. It's a reciprocal kind of thing. Hmm. When you were starting out, it was a push cart, right? Yeah. A little coffee push cart. Yeah. The element of your brand right now is so many pieces. It, there's so many moving parts all the time, and it's just constantly growing. Back then when you were starting out, what was the pressure you guys had as just as you and your brother, and you're trying to figure this out from scratch? Do you feel like the idea of starting something is challenging? And if so, how do you overcome that thought to actually kickstart your push? Well, you know, um, I was lucky enough to have a guy like Dan in my life. He was 17 years older than I am. And, and at that time, the place in life he was at was much different than mine. He was 38, um, married with three kids. I was 21 Footloose, fancy free, mm-hmm. uh, wanted to shock the world. He was in a place of, okay, that's cool. You want to shock the world, but you know, I got to put some bread on the table, man. I got to, I got to provide. Right. And so the balance that we had and the chemistry that we shared together um, was pretty dynamic and, and very unique. Um, he's probably the most tolerant, selfless man that I've ever known, and he put up with all my antics in my twenties. And man, I'll tell you, there, there was a lot of them. You what a business I mean? partner. Yeah. You know what I mean? And, and the coolest part for me, in, and, I, and I encourage this big time in, in life, is he allowed me to go make mistakes. Yeah. He allowed me to run and make mistakes, trip, fall down, get up, dust myself off, and keep on going. And, and he'd kind of laugh about it almost. It was kind of almost like, you know, hey, you're the massive action guy, and I'm going to be the guy who's just glue. I'm going to make sure that everything's do- dialed in, we're rock solid on the back end. And, and you run and you lead and go take risks. And, uh, and I was never afraid to do that. How did you find your role? How did you figure out what your calling was in that whole thing? I know you like kind of brought the idea to him, yeah, right? Yeah. You know, I, I think uh, in the very early days, um, we became students of human behavior, yeah. human behavioral characteristics. And, and I think if I, if I put it into a sports metaphor, you know, you've got talented, skilled players that you can try and bring into your offense, if you will, and, and have them adapt to the offense that you have, or you can build an offense around the players that you have. And I, and I really think that Dane's philosophy was more in the space of, let's, let's build our offense around people's strengths. Let's triple down, as Gary Vee would say, on our strengths, man. And, and that's what was Dan's natural MO. I mean, he was, he was like, hey, you know, if you're good at something, then fuck, man, get great at it. Right. Don't try to get good at something that you suck at. Because, you know, it may take a lot of years, and someday, as a result of it, you could be mediocre. Hmm. But, dude, why don't you do what you're great at? I'll do what I'm great at. And, and we'll, build, we'll build a team around us that complements each other. And, and and we studied it with our customers. I mean, customers that come in and, and they were bummed out or they were pissed off at life or whatever was going on in their world. And, and our objective was to try and change their state of mind. And, and there were certain things. If you could tap into the right music, oh, yeah. you know, I mean, people would be like, 
game changer. I mean, instant, like right. boom, you could change someone's state of mind because you threw some Led Zeppelin on and it took them to a concert or an experience where they were at in their youth. I mean, there's so many associations to music and Dutch and, you know, this journey in life that we get to enjoy. And, and you know, it takes you, music can take you to places that were some of your best things in your whole life. Right. You know, your best memories. I, I feel the, it's obvious that you're a big music buff. You, I heard last year you flew some some of your duchies to like Pearl Jam or something like I that. Did. Yeah, I did, man. Spur of the moment hey, thing. You got the Pearl Jam shirt on Oh, today. yeah, there you yeah. go. Yeah. Um, what kind of music were you guys bumping back then? Do you remember? You know what? Uh, when we first set up in our old milk house on our dairy farm and started putting recipes and formulas and concoctions together and using family and friends as guinea pigs, it was like, well, you got to have some music. we got to have some some good old school rock, you know? Mm. And so, I mean, anything from the Beatles to Jimi Hendrix to Led Zeppelin to Cream to, you know, Crosby, Stills and Nash, it was just all over the place. But, you know, those, those times, the, the music in the 60s and the 70s, I mean, that, that's part of my DNA, man. Mm. I mean, I, I grew up with that because having an older brother, you know, being 17, when I was brought into this life, right. I was just immersed in all sorts of kick-ass music i mean some of it in the early days the moody blues right and chicago not mm. the 80s chicago but the 70s chicago you know i mean just unbelievable stuff do you guys try to immerse that into your brand overall is there kind of a plan when you guys try to work in music to all of your shops or do you pick it by the culture of the area that those shops may be in does it change you know I, that's an interesting thing i think we always want to make sure that that our people are empowered to be authentic and genuine versions of themselves. Right. And, and that we're tailoring around the customer experience. So it's a wide pendulum. We give a lot of, of liberty and discretion and empowerment to our people, our broistas. Yeah. And so, you know, there was one rule that, that isn't a rule anymore. We used to say no country. <laughs> and, uh, and, you know, I've kind of warmed up to that almost. Yeah. You know, but, uh, you know, country music has taken over the world. I mean, they bleed into every genre right. anymore. I mean, it's not even close to, I mean, you know, bluegrass is bluegrass, man. Right. Right. And so folk is folk. Mm. And now all of a sudden country owns it. <laughs> and I'm like, and, and they're sliding over into rock. And uh -huh. I'm like, wait a minute. Time out, man. You're on my turf. Have you heard of Little Nas X? <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. It's so bleeding go, in all right? directions. Yeah, there we go. When you so, so oh, I've, sorry, got a new, go. I've got a new category for man. I want to call it contrarian because <laughs> it's anything but country, right? I now, like and that. I'm not taking away anything from like Johnny Cash or some of these cats that were like you know pioneers in that right. scene. Yeah, but um, yeah, music is it's part of our fabric. It's part of our DNA, and and I think we have a lot of latitude with how we we allow music to be played. Yeah. You uh, getting to the point where you guys start to build out, it's you and your brother at first. When do you find it important to kind of expand? You realize maybe someone's going to be better at dealing with the books than you two, or, or yeah. maybe they're better at, I don't know, anything within yeah. the company. When did you guys start to expand on that or take the risk? Because I know it's scary as a lot of our listeners, they're single entrepreneurs and they're, they're starting their business as a videographer, photographer, what it, what it be. Um, but when you want to branch out or start to use other people, it's, it's a big leap. So what kind of advice would you give? But also, when did you guys start doing it? You know, I, I think it was right from the very beginning. You know, everything that, that we built was built on the customer base. Mm. You know, it was making sure that, that we served them. And, 
if they ordered a beverage and we didn't get it right, we took, they might not have ordered it right, but we always took responsibility. We were like, right. we'll just hook them up with brand new man, no questions asked, no problem, no it's, ifs, ands, or buts about it. Um, success is not owned. It's rented and the Ritz do every day, man. And so, you know, our motto was, we've got to be able to walk before we run and you got to earn it the old fashioned way. And so one customer at a time and build your team that complements one another with strengths in our quest and, and how do we scale growth? And, you know, Dane picked up a Tony Robbins book, um, Unlimited Power Within, and in that book became a game changer for us. I, had he not picked up the book, I don't know that we would have been able to scale. I don't know that we would have been able to grow like we did. Mm. We did limitless goals. Um, we sat down on the living room floor of his mobile home and went through this exercise, and, and it was anything and everything you could ever think of without limitation. And, you know, I, I think fear is in the way of so many things. You know, or, or we just think that maybe th- some of these things are unrealistic. And the bottom line at the end of the day is fear is false evidence appearing real. Mm. And so, you know, limitless thinking and really stretching your comfort zones and, and you know, reaching for what could be there. You know, that, that was the, the exercise that we performed. And then there was this little ultimate success formula right behind it. Know your specific outcome. Take massive action to get it ask yourself if the action you're taking is working and if it's not change it until it does and those four steps it was like repeat and we kept on with that and before we knew it you know we were well on our way and it 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 became just part of of what we did and and continuing to try and figure out how we could do what we're doing better right and and really make sure that the customer was always the priority you know did you guys um, have a champion for you? Was there anyone championing you and your brother to do this, pushing you guys, uh, cheering for you along the route? Or was it just you guys working kind of against it, it all? To me, I've, I've dealt with the whole thing of yeah. my Instagram name is Ben Rovers World. It's always me versus everyone else. Yeah. Or it seems like that. Yeah. Um, did you guys have to face that or did you have anyone rooting for you, supporting you? Obviously, you need customers. Where, where do they come from? Well, you know, in the early days, I think people thought we were absolutely nuts. Like, you're going to set up a push cart in Grants Pass, Oregon, on the street, and this is going to be a way for you to earn an income? Like, why don't you go get a real job? <laughs> I mean, that was straight up. Like, we had people that were, were thinking, what the fuck are you even thinking? Like, good luck. Look at me now. And, uh, and yeah, you know, I mean, all I can tell you is, um, you know, those, those early days... And having some of those customers that became daily customers, they became champions. I mean, it really was like we had people that were advocating and making it their home. I mean, they'd come down day in, day out, like I said, multiple times a day, and, and, and they'd be telling friends and family. And we realized that word of mouth was the best marketing that we could ever bargain for. And we knew that we had to earn it, man. Mm. And so, so that's what it was. That's what it was all about. And and it, it became contagious. I mean, positive vibes, good energy, good music. You know, making sure that it was an environment that was fun, cool, magnetic. I mean, that was that's how we built it. And and that is still how we're building it today. Yeah, I love that. After a few years in to building the company, what were some of the big challenges that you guys faced? 
um, expanding, building your brand, figuring out what the customer likes. Was there anything immediate that you can recall that was tough to overcome or did you ever feel, feel like this wasn't going to work out? Well, I think in the early days, you know, you learn a lot about yourself, Mm. you know, and in the environment that really worked for us was when we controlled the environment. If we were a product of someone else's environment, then we were compromising who we were or what the brand was all about. And, you know, there were times where we had to make changes. You know, I mean, we were in, we were outside of Walmart and Walmart, believe it or not, at that time, they wanted us to police smoking and they had a no smoking policy on their premises. And so if, if customers came up or their own employees, for that matter, came up to buy a, a $2 cup of coffee back in the day and they lit up a cigarette, they want us to tell them put it out. And I was like, dude, I'm, I can't, I mean, that just doesn't seem, I can't, like, how am I supposed to go tell the customer who just dropped their fat coin on my beverage looking for a place to have a conversation and be, a, and I'm going to confront them on their choice and tell them that they can't do it. And, and so, you know, I would, I would kind of like, go, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. You know, we'll do that. And, and then when it happened, man, I, I wasn't going to tell anybody to do that. I was like, that's just stupid. man. Right. I'm not, you know, it wasn't our environment. And, and we quickly learned like, okay, Walmart has their environment and we don't want to be a part of that. And, and I'm not taking anything away from Walmart. I mean, they got to do their gig the way they do it, but steering our own ship the way that we wanted to steer it and make sure that, that we were providing the environment that really made this magnetic, fun, cool place what it was, that, that, that became a big deal for us. And, th- and that, was a, that was a learning curve. I mean, you got to be willing to, to fail and, and grow from it. Mm. And, and I say fail fast, you know I mean? People think failure is something that is like where you should stop, quit, you know, sulk and become a victim. I think failure is just an opportunity for learning and growth. Hmm. And, you know, I mean, if, if there's another sports metaphor to draw to, right? I mean, how many times Michael Jordan miss shots versus made shots, right? You got to be willing to shoot it, man. If you don't shoot it, they don't go in. Hmm. You know, so you best shoot. And, and I think that we had that philosophy from the beginning and, and it's still, you know, something that's vibrant in our culture today. Right. I think it's super interesting because right now it's, it's a time, especially in the creative field, creators are feeling like, you know, you, before you worked for like a production company, right. Or you work for someone else and, and it's been kind of more pushed, like be a freelancer, which comes with creative depression and all these different hard hardships that you have to deal with. Um, in your industry, what I thought was cool is that you guys are like cheering on all these people that graduate from Dutch Bros. Like yeah. they go on to do other things and excel and you guys are bringing them back. You have a, you have a podcast of your own and you bring in share their stories. And it, even at, during your speech, at the end of it, you were kind of showing everyone on, on the screen, like here's jobs and here's what jobs pay and the pay is insane from my perspective. I'm like, yeah. wow, that's dope. And then yeah. it's like, here, you can move up after you just work yeah. this hard. Just do this and put in the effort. Yeah. How, how important is it for you to encourage growth within your company but also to, to chase their dreams individually? I, I think the most important thing that we can do for all the people around us, if we truly want to love each other and we truly want the best for one another, 
it's to encourage people to go try to figure out how to design their life and live their dream. Mm. And we're all different, man. We all have different backgrounds. We have different personalities. We have our own blueprint for our wiring that we have. I, I don't know what's best for you. You know what's best for you in your heart and in your mind and with your spirit and how you want to navigate this path with this life that you've been gifted with. How do you find those gifts? What are the interests that you have? What are the skills or the strengths that you possess? And how can you continue to manifest those things into wherever it is that you want to go do and what you, you know, what you want to be with where you go. I, you know, I mean, that's what it's about for me is, is encouraging these people, no matter how old you are or what background you have, it's, it's, Hey man, what do you really want? How can you best go about getting it? And you know, what's it all about for you anyway? Right. Your, the passing of your brother, how did that shift the way your company moved? You know, um, gosh, I, I can tell you this. I learned the greatest life lessons out of, out of his horrific illness, man. I mean, if, if anybody knows what it's like to go through Lou Gehrig's disease or ALS, it's, it's absolutely devastating. Yeah. You know, and, and it's, you lose all of your muscles um, and the use of your muscles and you end up being trapped in your body, you know, and, and you've, you have eye movement, um, and, and you lose your ability to speak. Um, and you know, it's, it's, there's no known cause and there's no known cure today. And I hope that one day we'll find what causes it. I, I hope that the people who go through it will improve services and support for all the people. But, you know, I had to realize that, that I had to release it to my creator. Hmm. And I was a believer before, but to really understand that, that God is in control and we just get to navigate the path that's prevented, presented before us, um, that was, that was a, a huge lesson in my life because I was, I was kind of in a control freak mindset back then. And, and I really wanted to fight and, and try and figure out you know, why this was happening and, and how we could try and, and get through it together and what we could do. to And we just don't get the privileges to understand why things happen all the time. All and right. that, 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 was, that was something that, that I learned I think in a big time way, you know, we don't get the privilege to understand why things happen. How did it shift the way you move day to day? What did you do? Did you remember anything changing besides that, that you might have altered as far as like just being a human and realizing like it can end like that, you know, like yeah. everything can shift that way. You know, um, so I wrote a mission statement in 2008 and, and my bro was well into the disease at that time. And, and, uh, you know, I'll, I'll just share it. I, I Travis Borsma, see here know that the purpose of my life is to enjoy the journey, to maximize the moment, to be a loving, passionate, inspirational leader that defies the odds to be a force for God and a force for good. And I hope to meet the man that I am someday when I die, not the man that I could have been. And uh, that mission statement for me was born and that was something that I think really helped me to grow as a leader and it gives me something to fall back on in times of turmoil or, yeah. or struggle. It also is something that 
will keep me cool when when there's you know euphoric times that are that are just like epic and and times of celebration you know so um it having a mission statement i think is is something that i would encourage to anybody i don't think i've ever written a mission statement for black and no cream yet and you wrote the most fire one ever so I don't know how to top <laughs> well, that. I appreciate that, man. <laughs> As you guys continue to grow and you build, um, I mean, you say it's small. To me, yeah. it's very big. Yeah, yeah. What is your goal? You know, the goal for me is, is a growth rate that's predicated on the people that we have that are qualified and able to become fantastic leaders that really love on people, hmm. that, that share the principles and values with the humanitarian efforts that we have and, and really want to see people flourish in their lives you know so this people development piece or this this idea of compelling future that that is um i think pretty sacred to to dutch and and i think that this growth rate that we have it's not about how many numbers of stores or or how many numbers of certificates of appreciation money it it's it's really got to be something that you know the cream rises to the top mm. you know so if if we're going to have something that is extraordinary in this organization that is exemplary and and can make a difference and and make an impact and and be a role model to to other people in in business it's it's taking care of people you know and it's it's doing the right thing and and really allowing for kick-ass growth to happen for the people who want it that that have a burning desire in their heart and and fire in the belly man with passion to go pay it forward and and love on people that's what it's all about and so that pathway to get there there's some criteria and and there's a way to demonstrate operational excellence and cultivate culture as a leader and 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 then you know really help people to to figure out where they want to go and what they want to do and and design their life live their dream man right hey guys i just want to stop this episode real quick to remind you about our how to charge a client guide is available right now you guys can go get that at shop bwnc.com it is a 54 page guide that walks through the different steps theories and ideas that i've learned and and practiced over the last 10 plus years of me being a creator uh and we bundled it into a fucking bible to give back to you guys so if you want to learn how to elevate your career figure out how to talk to your clients differently and increase your rates you guys can do that right now with the how to charge a client guide shop bwnc.com it's 25 bucks easy buy if you can't do it and you know you're, you're trying to grow your shit uh reevaluate where you're at because this is this thing will help you a lot the reviews have been crazy you can go check it out check out our instagram highlights the reviews are in our highlights and it's been pretty cool to see the feedback of of what people have done since downloading the guide uh pretty proud of that shit so shop bwnc.com all right let's get back to this interview you uh last whenever we were in sacramento you were showing me some videos of your kids wake surfing behind yeah. your boat so you, it yeah. sounds like you're pretty active and you're a tight dude because i remember <laughs> gavin was telling me i don't know if he's in here gavin was telling me that uh he's like you gotta meet this guy travis man he he shows up to investor meetings and in board shorts and flip-flops and i'm like <laughs> for real and then you came out on stage and you were wearing <laughs> shorts and flip-flops i'm like this guy's a legend yeah. um yeah. what do you do what's your day-to-day like for you right now it's like you you seem to be pretty involved with dutch bros even 27, 20, 26 years in, um, what's your day-to-day like? So my day-to-day is, is very much involved in 
I think more so than ever, just strategic meetings and business planning and, and really probably being the guy who's the face of the organization and, and casting the vision and making sure that I'm staying in my lane more than delving into everybody else's problem solving. Um, I can tell you that you know I've, I've got to be more disciplined than I've ever been. And today, it's being really purposeful with the time that I invest in the organization in different sectors. So tonight, I'm going to go hang out with the culture house people that were selected by their peers that you know are the cream of the crop as far as like culture goes. And, and when we have the mobsters who come into town, I make time to, to really visit with them and, and make sure that they're able to, to ask me any questions and, and really I can share what the vision of the company is that I have. And, and it's coming to Coach Palooza and, and sharing from my heart, my mm-hmm. mind, you know, what it's all about and, and making an impact with people. And, and I think that, you know, I can, I can certainly go spend time in the financial department or I could go over to HR and, and I can get involved in growth and development. And, you know, I, that's probably not best use of, <laughs> of my talent or gifts, you know. Right. And, you know, if we're going to get into the nitty gritty and talk about P&Ls and, and how to organize <laughs> accounting, you know, I mean, that isn't, that isn't really going to bode well for, right. for the organization. And, and that's not, you know, they, I, I haven't been welcomed into the IT party Lately, no, you know, technology isn't my forte, <laughs> but uh, but I know how important it is, right? And I know how important it is that we have bright minds that are kick-ass, cutting-edge individuals that that are really gifted in those spaces, you know. So um, I'm doing the best I can to stay in my lane where I'm valuable, and and that's my day and and day day in day out quest is is really time management more than anything else. I want to be present in the moment with where I am. If it's with my kids, I want to be present. If it's with my wife, I want to be present. Mm. If it's in a meeting, I want to be present. And I'm not looking at my phone. I'm not doing email or text exchanges when, you know, I'm present in a meeting. You know, I, I'll, I'll make time for that. And, uh, and that's what's most effective and efficient. I feel like it's hard for a lot of people to let things go, you know, for you to be able to let certain elements of that go. But what I've met from just last week or when last weekend walking around, it's like you've seemed to have hired the people that are really good at what they do. Yeah. They're really, really good at what they do, which I feel like probably makes you sleep better. Yeah. You know, these are your legs walking. So do you think that a lot, I don't know. Do you feel like it's common to have other CEOs move like that or do you think a lot of people try to do too much and, and you know deteriorate themselves quickly you know I can tell you I've, I've been guilty of doing too much yeah I've been guilty of, of delving in and and trying to solve problems and, and put out fires as they come and uh, and it, it, it isn't scalable mm-hmm. you know so I, I think as we go through this life you never arrive until you depart and I've got more problems and challenges coming my way and I'm going to use the same approach that I've always used, man. I mean, it's fail fast. It's learn and grow and pick up, you know, before you end up destroying yourself. Because right. if you don't do something about it and you're not getting the result you want, not only are you going to be frustrated, but you'll start digging a hole, man. Mm. And I've done it. And so, you know, I'm, I'm in a place now where I'm more aware of that than ever. 
I'm in chapter 48, man. You know, and, and I don't know how many chapters I get. A hundred. But, but yeah, you don't <laughs> yeah, get to pick when or how you go, right? right? So you best go ahead and be the best version of you that you can be while you're here. Yeah. And that's where I'm at. How did you guys go about, um, and I don't know how much time we have left, someone can like finger me at, uh, how how'd you go about picking the region that you guys exist in? Because I'm waiting for it in LA. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? But I know it's not too far. It's like in Arizona or something too. Well, you know, I mean, it's, so our hometown is Grants Pass, Oregon. Born and raised there, man. I've been a few places, I haven't been everywhere, but that's home. Hmm. And so we spiraled out from Grants Pass with our growth and kept spiraling kind of strategically with the brand because of the word of mouth concept and then logistically with the supply chain. And we're in seven states now with 355 shops. It's insane. And uh, you know we've got some ambitious goals that lie ahead. And you know I use this analogy, you know, life's like a river, man. I mean, there's a destination. Um, the river has the ocean. In this life, uh, my belief is it's heaven, you know, and, and I don't think I'm ever gonna arrive in this life until my number's called, hmm. you know? So I, I wanna keep growing, I wanna keep learning, I wanna keep figuring out how to get through the riffles, the rapids, the twists, the turns, when life is deep, shallow, fast, slow, you know, and, and sometimes you, you get caught up into an eddy and it can be a lot of fun, but don't get caught up there forever, man. You know, and certainly don't swim up current because mm-hmm. if you're swimming against the grain, man, Tired if you're going against the grain, it's going to exhaust yourself. Yep. You know, so there's there's things that are presented before us. And I, I say, use your gut, use your intuition. There is no roadmap. There's no perfect recipe for this life. You know, you got to kind of figure it out on your own and you, you got to kind of lean on on faith in a big way, man. And I and I don't mean faith in a religious context. You know, I'm going to go back to a sports analogy again. If you're at the free throw line, man, you got to believe you're going to make it. Because if you don't, chances are it's not going in. Mm-hmm. You know, so you have a, a hell of a lot better shot at making your free throws if you believe you can make them. And so you got to believe, man. You got to believe in your ability to go forward. If you got fear at the table, you know, fuck fear, man. Get it out of the way. Fuck. <laughs> I love that shit. Uh, okay, so if you've ever. I don't know, as you grew, did you ever see or vision like certain things that would eventually happen? I don't know why this sort yeah. of happens to me a yeah. lot. And I don't know if it's just because I'm working really hard towards something. I put a lot of energy towards it and it's bound to happen. Yeah. Um, do you feel like that happens to you too? Cause I know you're a hardworking man. So I'm interested to see if you've ever set goals and accomplished them quickly, or maybe thought of something that happened on accident or some shit just happened that you didn't even believe would happen. Yeah. You know, I, I think, uh, you know, you set things out there, man. And when you do, you have a hell of a lot better chance of having it happen had you not. Right. You know, and so the limitless goal thing and, and kind of revisiting those things um, annually or, or maybe every six months, everybody's different. You know, you got to figure out what really works for you. But, you know, I, I even shifted away from, I, I go to Maui every, every Christmas. Every Christmas? And it's a, yeah, it's a time for me to reset. I Man. take my, my wife and my kids who, you know, I mean, I'm so lucky to have, you know, and they, but the, they, believe it or not, were goals. Right. You know, they were, they were things that I envisioned. They were, they were people that, that I didn't know who they were going to be. Right. Right. But I knew that that was important to me is to, to meet the most beautiful woman on the planet. Damn it. I did it, you know, <laughs> and how the hell she even liked me. I have no idea, <laughs> man, how she's put up with me for 23 years. I have no idea, 
But as a result of that, the greatest accomplishment that I've ever had is, is my kids. Right. You know, and I got four unbelievable, cool boys. Hmm. And these guys are, are going from, you know, being boys to young men. And I hope to give them the platform to spring from in their life in the same kind of way that I do everybody at Dutch. You know, it's all about where you want to go, what you want to do, and, and how you best go about doing it, man. And, and it's, you know, it's life's precious, right. you know. But without faith, without having that belief, without th- casting, you know, what could be without limitation, I mean, then you're kind of like a log in the river, man. You're floating. Mm-hmm. And the river will take you where it may. This life will take you where it may. But if you can, if you can pick your line and stick it, you know, and, and navigate it to the best of your ability. I mean, there's, there's kayaks you can take down there. There's like, there's oars, man. There's a fucking helmet sometimes that you might want to use because, you know, there's, there's these tools and resources that we're gifted with in this life. And we have more information at our fingertips than anybody's ever had in history. Facts. All these examples, all this information, all of it is right there. All we got to do is pick it up and apply it. Mm-hmm. Knowledge is is important knowledge may be power great applications everything man you know if you if you know shit good for you apply it that's the game changer Love that's that. where differences are made in your life when picking back and off you're talking about your family um people that have to be very very busy starting something like what you know this is a lot of work yeah when you're trying to have a family or keep ties with your, your extended family or friends or whatever, how, how, what advice could you give uh, to people that maybe you learned over the years to try to steer clear from so that they could focus on building relationships that'll last a lifetime versus f- ruin them because they're spending so much time at work? Yeah. It's tough. You know, yeah, it is tough. I mean, this idea of balance, I think, is a myth. I, I don't believe in having everything just balanced to where it's all equal. That I, I think that's garbage. Um, but I think this idea of being present when you are there and making time, however time, however much time that may be, that that's where impact can be made. Mm. You know. So, um, man, I I can tell you that. I, the previous version of myself back in my youth throughout my 20s and 30s was more like if you give an honest effort and it isn't working then give more i had to change that because you know i could i could really go deep into a place of like it's never good enough and you know i i had to kind of check myself on that because for me i wasn't taking care of me and, I, and, and that may sound almost selfish to say, yeah. but in order for me to be the best version of me, I, I kind of have to go through this thing where I, I come back to taking care of me, whether it's, it's nutrition or exercise or spiritual or whatever that is, there, there has to be time made for myself, time made for my wife, time made for my kids, time made for my role my business and and I think the allocation of time can change and there are compromises there are compromises man this life is full of them mm-hmm. and so being cognizant of what those compromises are there was a time in my life uh, 
where, where, like I said, in my 20s and 30s, I didn't, but again, I learned, right? And, I, and I've applied it, and I, and I sometimes find myself where I trip and fall down in that space again. But I had to say this, and I have to say it again, and again, and again. If I give an honest effort today, it is more than good enough. Right. It is more than good enough. And, and I share that for people that have big hearts, that care for others and put other people ahead of themselves. Be aware, self-aware of where you sit and take care of you. Because if you don't, you won't be able to take care of all the people that you love and care about to the depth and the magnitude that you could if you did. I love that. You know, so um, my brother-in-law, Brian Maxwell, he used to have on his wall, he used to say, God, family, work, play. And I'd look at that and I'd think, man, if I could only get that in the right order and keep it there, it'd be cool. And, uh, and I finally, you know, and I'd always have play up here, man. I'd love to go play golf. So I suck back some ice cold beverages, <laughs> you know, and let that breeze roll through your hair, right. which I have less of today, but man, let that roll <laughs> through your hair and cool the sweat on your brow, man, because dude, there was no, no better feeling. I'm not so sure that I didn't love that more than I love the game. Right. But I ended up saying, okay, I got to rework this. The time that I'm spending in play for me, you know, what if I took play and put it over on the side and I drew an equal sign next to it and I said, play in these three places with God, family, and work. And how do, what's my time look like then with the allocation that I give it? Hmm. And, and that, that has served me in a lot of ways because now all of a sudden I'm getting fulfillment rather than just that short-term pleasure of when it's just something for me. And I'm not saying that you shouldn't do fun, cool shit for yourself. Right. I'm just saying, be aware of where you really sit and then really kind of try and understand how you want to invest your time because it really is an investment. Right. You know, it's, it's, not, it's not spending time, it's investing time. I know we have to wrap it up soon. You have to, you're a busy man. Um, I have a couple questions from our, our community I want to ask you first, but overall, I just want to thank you for allowing Black and O'Kane to partner with Dutch Bros. It's been the fucking coolest partnership ever. You guys are the best brand that we could ever collaborate with. It's so cool to pair with you guys. Hey, man, you got it rocking, dude. You're, I mean, you're doing epic stuff, and I mean, this is what it's all about. I love seeing the things that you got happening in your life and in the ascent that you're making. I'm just glad. It's cool to see a company grow so quickly and still be flexible and care about young starting up creators who are just getting their feet wet also investing so much in the music culture and the culture of social and things like that you guys are just pushing in a way that i don't know it gets me excited as far as my nerd perspective or whatever yeah. but you guys are killing it all right so i'm gonna ask you a couple questions you can fire off quick answers that right, be too long right. um nicholas says trav i'm sure at times when uh, the goings were tough you were pushing a coffee cart around and thought about quitting what was your why that kept the motivation going they don't have to be you know, so the purpose, it was to make a difference in people's lives, mm. you know, and I mean, that, that is something that I think is, is very much part of the vision today. Right. You know, so that's my why there's, there's no greater fulfillment that I get than seeing people go figure it out and come back later and go, dude, Dutch was some of the greatest experiences I ever had and it served me in my quest. So cool. You know, that, that fills me up, man. Yeah. Is it hard being famous in your company? <laughs> you walked you know, out of the stage the other day and he came out like 
you you own the place. Obviously, it was like this door opens up, clouds of smoke come out. You come out. What song were you listening to? You know, what, System man, of a Down or something. The, the, you know what's crazy? I'm just a I'm just a person like anybody else, man. Straight chilling. But for some of our people, I mean, if if I'm if I'm one of those people that they look up to, I just want to do that in in a fashion that lends itself well to quality, and and hopefully I can make an impact in their lives with where they want to go and what they want to do that that is substantial. You know, so. You know, I'll make the time for for those people because they care. And, and you know, I was on the undercover boss episode and all that. Mm, yeah. And that's kind of where this whole like thing started to to happen. And and it never gets comfortable all the way. Right. But I can tell you that you know it's we're all just people. At the end of the day, I don't care how famous you are, whether you're a the richest man on the planet or you're a bum down by the river. We're all just people. Mm-hmm. You know, and we all have something that we can learn from one another. Some of the greatest lessons of my life have been from some of the most broken people yeah you know and i i just you know my heart goes out to to the people that go through all of the suffering the, right. and the challenges and and the riffraff man and the and the oppression and and you know the the unethical parts of this life totally. that, that people just violate I agree. Um, let's see. Let's, I'll give you one more. Travis Lloyd says, "Do you uh, did you try other businesses before this was taking off? If so, were they businesses, and why did they not work out? Did you try? Did you have a business before this? You were young. <laughs> you know. So um, my first business venture was when I was in third grade. I went to uh, <laughs> Fort Vanoy Elementary School, and and I had decided to team up with my best friend at the time, Darren Calvert, and and I told him that he needed to get all the money he could from his sister and, <laughs> and I was going to get all the, the money I could from my sister. And, and we did, and we went in and, uh, and the school sold pencils and they, they had football pencils, NFL football pencils, and they were rad looking, man. And, uh, and then they had four Benoit Indian pencils. And I think, you know, I want to say the, I don't know if they were, they must've been like five cents for, for the four Benoit Indian pencils and maybe 10 cents for the, the football pencils. And we bought them out. And, uh, and then I marked them up. Hustler. And I was like, it was a quarter for the football pencils. But if you wanted, like, the Steelers or the Cowboys, we knew we'd give 50 cents for them. Man. Right. And so, uh, you know, I got called in the principal's office that <laughs> afternoon. And, and uh, you know, he kind of he chuckled. And, and, you know, he asked me what my intentions were. And, and I just said that, you know, I thought it was an opportunity for for me to make some money and, and, uh, and, you know, I, I kind of got the, the, the mild, you know, yeah. well, that's probably not the right way to go about it, but I appreciate your, your efforts. And, and then, you know, he had to tell my folks Oh, and my dad was all stoked out. My mom, <laughs> not so much. And so I had a, a whole lot of Forvenoy Indian pencils to use for many, many years to come oh, man. going into middle school. But you know what? Um, I, there wasn't a ton of different things. I, I think I've always I've always been kind of like a side hustler to some extent. Growing up, I I bought and sold cars. Mm. Um, I thought that was a great way to have extra income while I was going to school um, in summer. You know, I I was always trying to figure out a way to. There was there was times where uh, baseball cards were were hitting peak, and and I was buying and selling those kind of things. So. You know, I, I think that's part of my DNA probably as an entrepreneur is, yeah. is business endeavors. Uh, but, you know, I've always, it's never been about, um, 
you know, what you lost or not doing something is about what you could gain and where you could take it. Right. As we wrap this up, I remember last week you said something, uh, someone asked you, what do you think about the phrase fake it till you make it? <laughs> I think you said like, fuck that or something along those lines. You know what? Yeah. And it, it, this is the deal, man. I think certainly there's a lot of people that want to go fake it, mm-hmm. but I think if you're fake, you're a fuck. <laughs> the hardest hardest response I think he dropped the mic and walked back through those doors he came out on and it was the illest shit I've ever seen in my life <laughs> alright yeah. well that's it I, I appreciate you getting on the show man this is awesome thanks for having us up here in Portland yeah. this is so, super cool to check it out and uh, I'll, I'll make sure everyone knows how to f- f- contact you I'll give them out your phone number tomorrow right on, um, appreciate the time when we dude. end this podcast I'll let everyone of my guests pick a hashtag right yeah. do you have it do you use Instagram or does, is Dutch Bros your main little do you hide under that is he active? Yeah, yeah. It's uh, old dude Insta. Old dude Insta. Yeah, old dude Insta. All man. right, cool. So I want everyone to go to old dude, old dude Insta, tongue twister, and they're gonna put a hashtag. They're gonna tag me at Ben Reverse World on it. This right way, on. if you ever check it, uh, you know that they listen to this podcast. But you get to pick a hashtag, and it can be anything you want. What do you want it to be? For this podcast. For this podcast, yeah, it's just a hashtag, random, whatever. It can be anything you want. Let's see. How about this? Hashtag dig life. Dig life. I love that. All right, cool, man. I appreciate you coming on the show. Right on. This is awesome. Thanks. Thanks for having me, dude. Yes. Cool. Dude, that was great. Right on. Thank you, sir. That's it for episode 114. Travis Borsma, CEO of Dutch Bros Coffee. Thank you for joining us. If you want to ask questions to our guests, you can do that as a Patreon member. Our Patreon members get to ask all of our guest questions. Uh, I include that at the end of each episode. And I think it's pretty cool because I get to shout you out and you know you get to ask a question to a legend like Travis or any of the other past guests that we've had that you might not normally be able to ask them. So definitely do that. Patreon.com slash Black Window Cream if you want to be a part of that. If you want to buy any Black Window Cream merch, you can do that at shopbwnc.com. And uh, we appreciate it. The How Treasure Client guy's there. You heard me talk about that a couple times. Uh, um, yeah. So if you like these episodes, please subscribe. Please leave us a, a, a comment in the YouTube channel and let us know what you, your takeaways are from this. If you haven't left us an iTunes review, please do. I think if we rack up a few thousand of those, that'd be pretty lit. And then uh, new listeners can see what positive shit you guys are saying about this. And it gives them a reason to hit subscribe and listen. So do that. And uh, yeah, keep tuning in. We'll have a new episode out this Wednesday and then another interview on Sunday. And then I'll do it again on Wednesday and then Sunday and again and again and again and again and again. And, again and, I, and that's it. We just don't fucking stop because we're fucking after this shit. You feel me? All right. That's it. I'm going crazy. I got to get off this shit. I uh, love you all and uh, see you guys next week. Peace.